0: Hello, my friends. Hello. It is Alexandra Nicole and I am here for Thriving Thursdays. And today we have an amazing guest. We are here with Derek Calvert, the owner and founder of Empower 52. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Derek. I'm super excited to talk to you about everything that you have going on and all the value that you add. I'm super excited about it. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today.
0: Absolutely. So tell us about what you do, how you started Empower 52 and what it is that you are working to change within our system with your organization and your operation.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for asking that question. Um, So Empower 52 is an organization that we we go into schools and organizations um, to really ensure that the environments are psychologically safe, right? What we like to do is differentiate between culture, in psychologically safe environments. And so the difference is, a culture is something that already exists when I come into an organization or a space, right? right? And so I am integrated in into that culture. That also doesn't mean that I feel safe enough to bring my full self to the place. And so right. that's where the psychological, psychologically safe environments come along where I'm able to bring my full self. So I started in Power 52 about, uh, about two years ago um and we've been kind of rolling ever since
0: and that's so good because nowadays i think it's been like this forever but you see a lot of code switching where people don't feel like they can show up as their their truest self
1: or they don't feel
0: comfortable in the way that they wear their hair or the way that they actually would like to dress or the way that they would really like to speak to be them their true self right so you feel like you have to be someone other than who you truly are to be accepted in a certain environment so i love the fact that you said that culture is something that you're stepping into before you even arrive right so when people bring you in is it because they recognize there's something that needs to be fixed within their culture and they need help facilitating that process
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um what I always tell people, especially when they bring me in, you know, being, having an environment that's psychologically safe or an ecosystem, right? I'll also say I differentiate between environment and ecosystem and environment is my settings, right? Those things, you know, they kind of change without, you know, me having to put any input in, but in terms of my ecosystem, it's, it's inclusive, right? So Mm. it's an interaction between myself, the environment, the, the people, or, everything within the environment. And so what I always tell people is, you know, you want to make sure your environments or ecosystems are psychologically safe, because if they're not one employee turnover is massive. And that's typically where people kind of bring me in and say, Hey, we're losing a lot of employees. We really don't know, you know, what the issue is or, or where the opportunity is. And so I can come in and kind of do some assessments and kind of figure out, Hey, where, where's the biggest opportunity for us to grow? And so typically when they bring me in, it's, we we do an assessment, we kind of figure out where it is. And then we start to kind of deconstruct, um, environments and ecosystems and start to reconstruct, um, you know, where we want to be and, and what we want to represent.
0: Right. And I love that they bring you in as kind of an outside perspective, because sometimes when you're so ingrained in the culture, and and you don't know any other way to operate it's hard to identify where those problem areas are but if you're coming from the outside and you have a totally different perspective you're unbiased there's no loyalty to anyone in particular and they bring you in specifically with the objective to help them figure out how they can strengthen their team right so you're like so what's the process look like for you Do you sit down with the staff and you talk to them or do you just kind of stand back and evaluate and see how things are what does that process look like for empower 52 when you're coming in to help with that type of culture
1: yeah i I love that question um so it's it's, i kind of kind of go about it two different ways um in my past life i was an administrator and part of my job was to evaluate teachers right and so being a former teacher myself understanding how nerve-wracking it is for someone to kind of come into your classroom or your space and just kind of sit there and not say anything and kind right. of be with you, right? Um, my process is I like to build relationship. I'm a, I'm a very big relationship person. So not only am I coming in and sitting down with leadership, um, not only am I coming in and I'm sitting down with employees, we're doing anonymous surveys, but I'm really also really ingraining myself in the community outside of the organization. Right. Because mm-hmm. as we know, the community for, in the outside of your organization, it, it impacts the organization as a whole. So when I go in, I go in and I want to know everything about everything. Um, and it helps me do my job so much better because now I understand nuance. Right. So while I'm coming in as an objective person, um, I'm really I'm, like I said, when I ingrain myself into the the culture and the ecosystems, I really become part of the ecosystem. I become part of the organization and I like people to see me as that. I don't want them to see me as, oh, Derek's coming. It's a a got you. It's no, Derek's coming. I'm comfortable and I want to tell him, hey, this is what's going on in my day. This is how I feel, you know, in my daily work and and so forth and so on.
0: Right. And I love that too. The fact that you do, relationships are so important to you. So therefore your approach is going to be different. You're not the weird guy in the corner with a pen and a pad and like give it stink eye. You're like, Hey, I'm Derek. (laughs) Let's talk. What would you like to be better? Right? And I feel like that, that relationship building is going to give people the opportunity to even feel safe with you, which is that's your objective, right? And so there might be a little bit more transparent with you about some things that they, you know, ways they're not feeling seen or heard or valued within the company. And then you can take that back and give that to the person that you're partnered with, the decision maker, right? And Absolutely. say, this: these are the ways that you can empower your, your team, your staff. These are some okay. ways that they're not really feeling valued. So I love that relationship approach so they, they could feel safe with you, right? So yeah. how long does a process typically take for you to come in and really evaluate and put together a plan and move it forward? Because essentially, with, with what you're doing, how I imagine it, is you have to evaluate it and then totally deconstruct the, the system and the culture, which is challenging, I can imagine, because we push against change, we push against the unknown, right? But right. you have to deconstruct that to build something back up even healthier. So how long does that process really take?
1: Yeah, you know what? that varies. Um, it varies greatly depending on the size of the organization, the size of the school, the size of the district, um, and the objective, right, that um, that the, the leaders who brought me in would like to accomplish. Sometimes it's like, Derek, we know exactly what's happening. We built a culture of perfection and now no one wants to speak up. How do we deconstruct that and build a culture of comfortability, right? Um, uh- that takes dip, that, that may take a different amount of time as opposed to yeah, we have no idea what's happening and we need you to kind of come in and look at everything. Um, so what I tell my what I tell my people um, is I'm here for you as long as you need me. Um, uh, you can call me I, I'm, 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 I'm very accessible and really like I said, because I have ingratiated myself within the community, I now am a part of that community. Right. So I have a stake now in that community. So I care just as much as anyone else does.
0: Yes. And I can can imagine, I can see it in my mind where it's like you're sitting down and you're talking with someone and you're asking them questions and they're like, everything is perfect. I love my job. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder like how long does it take for that veil to kind of come down and for you to build a relationship with them as an individual and them for them to not potentially see you as a threat but instead see you as someone that is there to help usher in greatness for longevity and sustainability for the the betterment of the company so how long does that process take and does that vary same too just trusting people and all the things that make us individuals
1: it, it it does you and you hit it right there on the head I mean believe it or not that happens all the time like my job is perfect and I love everything about it and I just don't want to be in trouble right right uh, I mean right. those are those are those are those are fun right um and it, it kind of helps me I'm uh, kind of you know, take apart puzzle pieces and kind of put puzzle pieces together. I Actually, I love that part of my work. Um, one of the things I do to kind of start to build the relationships um, is organizations and schools will bring me in to do like professional learning, right? They'll say, hey, you know what? We need some, <clears throat> excuse me, we need some professional learning on microaggressions, right? And mm-hmm. so we can kind of go in and start to do that professional learning. And it's very inquiry based, right? Um, And it's very human based. I'm not just going in and I'm giving you a bunch of facts like, oh, this is a microaggression. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. It is real life experiences. Mm. And oftentimes through those those workshops and those professional learnings, people will come up to me and say, hey, you know, I have a question. And we start to build relationships like that. And then Mm. they go co and say, "Hey, you know what? I asked Derek about this, and you know he really helped me out with this. And you know maybe you should go talk to him." And and so before you know it, I'm kind of I'm integrated into the circles, right? right. Of the as both you know with with the w- with the workers as well as with leadership, um, right? And they both trust me, right? Because what I always tell workers, uh, what I always tell employees, is, you know what? Whatever you say here with me is safe, right? Um, right. And so when I go back to leadership, it's never, you know what Sandra said this, and you know what, uh, you know, you probably need to fix this. It's hey, this is right. what we're noticing. Here's the data from the surveys. Um, I love that. That says X, Y, Z, and so these are our plans of action. Let's sit down together. Now, not only just sitting down with leadership, I'm also creating. I'm also encouraging leadership to create committees, right, from the employees. So they're also very, very ingratiated in the, in the, um, in, in, in the whole process, right? right. Um, so it's not just leadership in me. It's again, we're an entire community.
0: I love that. So what was your motivator behind pursuing this type of consulting? And I, and I love what it is that you're doing, and it's so necessary. And I could see you partnering with DEI people even on this because it's, it's within the same realm, right? Absolutely. But what, what motivated you to want to pivot from your 15 years of being in the school system as a teacher, administrator, as a principal, and then going out on your own to be a consultant to help create safe cultures in companies and organizations?
1: You know, believe it or not, it- think about it like this. It's 2015. Um, it is my first year as an administrator. Um, and as a teacher, I was a great relationship builder. My kids loved me. We had we had talked. I mean, it was, again, I, cre- I had learned to create a very safe space. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm coaching teachers, a lot of my babies, my kids would come to my office and they're like, you know, I don't know what's happening. She doesn't like me. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And so I learned in that first year that building relationships are not innate, right? Mm-hmm. We actually have to, some, some of us have to learn how to do those things. Absolutely. Um, and so I kind of started to explore that a little bit more and started to talk to teachers and administrators about how we build relationships with students and how we build relationships with staff. And then as I continued to kind of move up and, and work in, entire districts and you know, that kind of spawned into where we are now. Um, so not only again, am I not only looking at relationships with with kids, but now I'm looking at relationships for peer to peer from leader to peer from leader to employee. Um, and so that's kind of how I got here. It was really my love for relationships with kids that kind of spawned where we are today.
0: Oh, That is fantastic. That is fantastic. I cannot wait to hear more, but we have got to stop for our 30 second break to hear from our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. It's only 30 seconds. And I want to get back to what Derek is talking about. It's so good. We'll be right back in just a second.
1: Dr. Emily Latran, a Forbes coaches council member alongside the founder of mom owned businesses, Itachi Hokage team up to bring a virtual business summit at a price. You cannot refuse You should attend if you want to, have a seven-figure business that is highly profitable. Create an effective marketing strategy for leads and sales. Achieve a lifestyle of freedom where the business can run without you. Implement the right systems to increase profitability, create multiple streams of income, and much more. Sponsors and speaker inquiries are still being accepted. Contact us via email at momondbusinesses at gmail.com.
0: No, so thank you so much for for our sponsors. We appreciate your support of Thriving Thursdays with Alexandria. So back to Derek. Now let's get into this now. What do you deem to be a a safe psychological, that's a tongue twister, let me get it right now. A safe psychological ecosystem, there it is. (laughs) What do you deem that to be? What does that look like? What are you working towards in these organizations?
1: Great, great question. The first thing I want people to know is that safe psychological ecosystems, they take place in groups, right? Organizations are so large, right? So it's hard to, you know, if I'm, you know, in an entry level position to, you know, feel safe and go say, hey, I'm going to go talk to the CEO. That's the that's the goal eventually, right? But what we want to do is start to create them in groups and what that looks like. And I'll give you a a, I'll give you a story of of an organization that I was working with. a nurse right and she was a newcomer into the hospital and she was very nervous um she had been practicing i mean for for years she was very very seasoned but the environment that she went into again the culture was we don't say anything to our doctors we just kind of let them do what they do right um yeah. so i was able to kind of go in and what she was seeing was there were a lot of things that were happening that were causing that could eventually cause, you know, some, some, some major issues. Mm-hmm. And what we saw was that she was afraid to speak up because of the culture there. Right. Um, and so what we really had to do is we, we went in and we said, Hey, you know what, here's the anonymous survey, my, my interviews with people We kind of sitting down and, you know, we, we really hashed it out and we really identified where this culture kind of comes from. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we found that culture just kind of comes from. It's just the dynamic that everybody felt was the right thing to do. Um, mm, right. 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 So she kind of was integrated in, into that culture. So what a safe psychological uh, ecosystem looks like is I'm able to speak up. I'm able to say, hey, I think if we do X as opposed to Y, we may get a different outcome. Right. And not be not not expect any retaliation or any any any, you know, stares like, you know, why are you saying this? You're, you're new or you you you're not in that position to be saying that. Right. right. Um, it, it also doesn't mean that we're super nice all the time. Right. We all know, especially if we have siblings, you know, there's some storming and some norming. Right. we You know, we, we fight, we argue. But at the end of the day, we all have the same common goal. And if we all have the same common goal, then I should be able to say, hey, Derek, you know what, when this happened in the meeting the other day, these are the outcomes, the negative outcomes that I see here, the positive outcomes. How can we work together to kind of, you know, bring the vision together, bring the vision about without, you know, the, all the negative outcomes. And so me being able to bring my full self to work allows me to say, I can speak up. I have value, right? It's it's all about feeling valued and feeling like I'm heard. That is one of the number one reasons people leave jobs. I'm unfulfilled. I don't feel heard. And I don't feel valued in a Mm safe psychological uh, ecosystem. All of those things are present.
0: Oh, that is so good. And you know, we before we went to break, we were talking about the importance of the skill as well as communication in that, right? So it seems like you also rely heavily on emotional intelligence. And there might be an infrastructure of hierarchy, but if someone finds value and they found validation in their title, they might feel intimidated by someone that's at a lower level than them, right? Bringing a new idea to the table. So we have to also kind of be reliant on being emotionally intelligent enough and being um confident enough within yourself to receive insight and contributions from someone that is at a different position as you you know what I mean wasn't it the guy um the Frito Lays guy he was a janitor and then he came up with the I love that right so Having a collaborative environment, I really hope that that continues to be the way that we operate in the future, because everybody is valuable. That's right. right. I believe in your culture and your experiences and everything, your your life and everything has some well, everyone has something that they can bring to the table and offer value. And we want to invite people to feel that value too. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's so Absolutely. important. So what, what do you classify as the epidemic of silence? What does that mean to you?
1: So again, just like in the example we just kind of talked about, um, understanding and knowing that things, you know, aren't as good as they should be, or we're not going the route that we should be. And so what happens is when I don't feel safe, I choose self-preservation over mm. collaboration, right? Mm. I choose to say you know what i don't want to be embarrassed today or i don't want to be embarrassed i don't want anybody to shoot my ideal down so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna dial back and i'm gonna seek back into myself and kind of keep my ideas to myself right and oftentimes what we find is somebody else who feels safe will say hey xyz and you're like that's the idea that i had right Mm. like oh i should have said that but i didn't and so i'm silent and I'm just kind of allowing things to happen. It's a very passive role, right? As opposed to being active. Psychologically safe ecosystems are active. So the epidemic of silence is very passive. And I just, again, I'm gonna do every, anything and everything I can to preserve myself. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not selfish. It's, it's just that I'm not in a place yet where I feel ready or safe enough to say, this is who I am, this is what I bring to the table. And, and you know, this is, these are the outcomes that can happen because of that.
0: And even on the flip side, on the polar opposite situation, you find microaggressions in the form of someone articulating an idea and then people loving it but then giving the credit to someone else for that idea who's in a higher ranking position. And that can also be the catalyst for somebody retreating like, oh, uh-uh, I'm not gonna sit in here in this meeting and have a good idea and then Billy Bob takes the credit because he's the VP. <laughs> so guess what? Here comes the silence.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so you know, on
0: the, the flip side.
1: Yeah, the the biggest symptom of microaggressions, right? Um of, for those who who receive them is isolationism. Mm. If I'm constantly being inundated with microaggression day after day after day encounter after encounter the the natural thing to do is isolate myself from my peers from from my leaders and now I'm just there doing a job as opposed to fulfilling my purpose
0: absolutely absolutely oh my gosh that's so good and it's so necessary so when you leave and and you have Kind of laid the framework and you've laid the foundation for them to rebuild a healthier work environment on is it just does it just feel you does it just feel amazing to to know that you have contributed to a cultural change within that organization
1: i one of the first things i always tell people when i go into organizations and schools just like a therapist my job is to ensure that you don't need me anymore right yes and so <laughs> Once I leave and we've set that foundation, we've set up systems to continue that foundation and, and grow. Like it, for me, it's it's the it's the best feeling ever, right? Because yeah. again, we're part of something that not only is helping an organization, helping um, people, helping leaders, helping students grow, but it's helping the community grow. Because now the lessons that you've learned from these workshops or or these sit downs or or the lessons that we've learned from surveys. I can now go teach that to someone else. Right. And the message continues to get passed down. You know, if I, if I leave here and I get a better opportunity, I'm going to take these lessons to that place. Right. And so now I can start a, that movement in in my new place of work. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's, it's, I mean, it fills my heart. I mean, it really. Oh, does. I bet it does.
0: I bet it does. So how have you helped organizations create that psychological safe, uh, e- uh, ecosystem, ecosystem. I can't get that word to save my life now. Like, okay. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah.
1: How you know, do you do that? like I said, through workshops and building relationships, but if I were going to tell, you know, a freebie, okay. If I were going to tell organizations, you know, the best way to start, to build these safe psychological ecosystems is to listen. It's really to listen. Go, and I used to tell my teachers like, hey, why don't you just go have lunch with your students, right? Go have lunch with your employees, right? Figure out, you know, how you like to be celebrated, right? And that's a a huge thing that has kind of come up. Like everybody doesn't like, you know, this big grandiose, like, oh, shout out to Derek, he did X, Y, Z. You know, some people like, hey, I did really well. And, you know, to celebrate me, can you just spend some more time with me and teach me something new? Right. Mm -hmm. So really start to listen and build those relationships, not to respond. Right. But to be there, that that's the, that's the biggest thing. Right. And you know, when we, when we do that and we build those relationships and we listen, we see the transition from a gripe session. Oh, I hate my job. And I hate this. And I hate this To I have now someone I can confide in. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have, I now have power to change the ecosystem in which I inhabit.
0: Mm. My God, that's so good. We Listen, we could end the podcast on that word right there. That's so good. <laughs> so what services do you provide? What does that look like when people call you and they want to partner with Empower 52? What does that process look like?
1: Yeah. So we, you call me, you get in contact with me. Um, I do, I come in and I'll do a free consultation and I'll say, Hey, you know what? Let's figure out first, you know, what you want to focus on, right? Bring all your data to the table. I'm a data person. Of course, I'm a format educator, so bring all your data to the table. Let's kind of disaggregate it and figure out where we need to go. Once we finish that consultation, we can start to kind of um, deconstruct where we are. Identify the things that that are working because we don't want to throw those out. We want to keep those identify the things that are not working. And then we want to build a healthy marriage of the old systems that work with the new systems that we're in that we're in in, uh, in into, you know, the organization. Um, And so, I mean, when, when we go in, it's it's all hands on deck. It's boots on the ground um because we're in a we're in a human centered business right it's That's not right. yeah it's, it's not it's not about hey how can this organization make more money but we're we're dealing with people and people are human right and so we always want to keep that in mind
0: yeah but but when there is a healthy space that people operate in the byproduct of that is increased revenue
1: yeah, absolutely <laughs>
0: now you now you've decreased your turnover rate now you don't have to keep hiring and fire management now you don't have to hire that recruiting agency because you've built and you've sewn into your team and you've got a team that works well together and they're executing and everybody's sharing ideas and coming up with innovative ways to approach things and then it's just a, a natural um byproduct of the of the solution of the foundation of a safe space so yeah the profit might not be 100% of what we're after because we are in the business of people, but Mm -hmm. it does help exponentially when an organization has it together.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It's very expensive to fire and retrain and rehire. Very expensive. And the more we can keep our people and our talent and the innovation within the organization, you're right, the byproduct is increased revenue. Absolutely.
0: is so good so contact empower 52 you can contact him for a free consultation all you have to do is call or text him at 346-573-5752 and yeah contact him this this man is shifting the dynamic of organizations across the u.s it is such a pleasure to have him here this has been such a great conversation in power 52 you guys if you have if you work for a company or you own a company and there's some kink in your system and you really can't figure it out you need to outsource the help with a professional such as this man do it do it now. <laughs> you learn anything today, okay? Absolutely. So if the time has come. This 30 minutes has flown by, honey. So it is time for a prayer disclaimer, okay? So we are a podcast that prays. So we close out each podcast with prayer to honor God for our abundance. Go ahead and hit the music so we can honor God with the silence. And get this prayer on. Yes, Lord. You ready, Derek? yes ma'am dear god we thank you for another day i ask you to keep ushering Derek in the work that he's doing and and shifting cultures and creating healthy foundations for business and businesses and people to show up as their authentic self and show up in every bit of their greatness and feel safe in their environment because we have all experienced a workplace p- that made us feel lesser than, that made us feel belittled, that was a point of contention in our lives and made us feel depressed and dreaded going in. And Derek, Lord, I ask that you cover him and empower 52 and his teammates in changing that dynamic and creating a safe space for people to go and spend their eight, Hours a day, Lord. I ask that you continue to bless him on his journey, and thank you for having him on our platform and sharing him with your people, Lord God. I pray these things according to the character and identity of Christ. Amen. Amen, Amen my brother. Amen. So good, so good. Well, this is it. This is it. <laughs> you did fantastic. I'm super excited about Empower 52. And if there is ever anyone that comes to me that I am consulting and or, you know, they are with a larger company and they need help beyond their branding strategies, you're my guy. Absolutely. I'm pointing them in your direction, okay? I
1: appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, my friend, have a blessed rest of your day. Thank you to everyone that is watching. We will see you next week, okay?